All right, guys, back at it again. Break Hard Podcast, back for another season. Riding solo for, I would say, I don't know if we're going to do this for the entire season. Riding solo for right now, uh, like we talked about at the end of last year, Zach and I both have very busy, just personal lives now. Uh, it's what happens when you get older. Um, so when I can sit down and record this, I definitely will, just because <laughs> like most people that are race fans, you watch a race and you have things you want to talk about and project out there and just get off of your brain because it's so aggravating sometimes when you when you watch these. So that's what we're going to do with this. Uh, for now, it's just me on this episode. Zach, I would bet we'll probably drop in, you know, a time or two, maybe a few times throughout the year if, you know, we keep doing this and some other people will uh, as well. So obviously... The big story of the week, NASCAR's back, Daytona 500 this past weekend. Uh, shock winner, 101 odds for Michael McDowell and those boys and girls at Front Row Motorsports. The number 34 loves uh, Ford Mustang, goes to victory lane in the 63rd Daytona 500. Not something I saw coming, anyone saw coming, Michael McDowell didn't even see coming until the seas parted, the Penske cars uh, both went either to the inside wall or the or outside wall or down to the infield. And McDowell shot the center there, and the caution came out right before Chase Elliott could uh, pass him. And, you know, Fox put up their little VAR-style graphic showing, you know, where McDowell was in relation to Chase when the caution light came out. If you look at the onboard footage, it was a lot closer than that little VAR graphic would would have you believe. Based off of the Chase Elliott onboard, because, of course, McDowell didn't have an onboard, the Chase Elliott onboard... uh, McDowell is out of the screen when the caution light comes on, and that's more of a... That doesn't mean Chase Elliott was ahead. It was more of an optics thing because of the space in between the two cars, obviously. Uh, NASCAR definitely made the right call with McDowell winning. I'm not saying there's any controversy there. I'm just saying it was closer than maybe the graphic would lead you to believe. So, huge win for McDowell. 0 for 357 coming into that race in his 350th career start. He finally gets a W uh, for the first time in his career. Which, great great for him, great for that entire team. It's the third win now for Front Row Motorsport. Uh, obviously, they had that Talladega win with David Reagan, which was huge for them. They had the uh, Chris Buescher tw- 2016 Pocono fog, fog Out, I guess that's what it was, uh, win. So now they're going to go back with a, a Daytona 500 victory under their belts, which is absurd to say, but like, Everything about that race is kind of absurd, and it has been for a while now, at least the last couple of years. The Daytona 500 and uh, you know super speedway racing in general has just been sort of batshit crazy, and uh, Sunday was no different. Obviously, you had the the three o'clock start time, which is again asinine to have a three o'clock start time in Florida because every day in Florida it rains between three and five o'clock. And guess what? It rained, but rained between 3 and 5 o'clock. We got 15 laps in, lap 15. There is a massive, massive crash. Um, literally half the field was taken out on lap 15. 185 laps to go. Christopher Bell gets in the back of um, Eric Amarola, turns him, and uh, that collected half the field. And I'm not saying anything that wasn't on Bell. You look at the SMT data, he was lifting. like He was out of the throttle, and he was still just being pushed from behind, and he didn't have anywhere to go other than into the 10 car in front of him. When that happened, it turned on Marola, took out, I mean, contender, you know, upon contender there. So you lost on Marola, you lost Byron, Bowman, Martin Truex Jr., Chris, Christopher Bell. Like, you lost so many good cars in that, in that accident 
so early on. Um, it was kind of a, a waste of a day uh, for a lot of those guys. And then obviously the rain came. We had a five-hour rain delay. Finally got going again around 9.30 uh, p.m. East Coast time. Sunday night, race didn't end until about 12.30, maybe a little after, maybe a little before 12.30. Uh, I guess technically Monday morning, which whatever. Uh, obviously, we've all been around for a longer 500s and races than that. 2012 didn't end until one o'clock in the morning. Um, we had that 20, what was it, 2015 summer race at Daytona that didn't end until 3 a.m. Granted, that was Sunday morning versus a Monday morning finish, but you know, uh, 12:30, 12:15 really isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. After that big wreck, though. Uh, for a race that was so hyped in a first season that NASCAR and Fox have dubbed the best season ever, greatest season ever, I can't remember exa the exact tagline, it's disappointing, <laughs> it has to be disappointing for them, to you know watch half the competitive field get wiped out with 185 laps to go. I mean, <laughs> it's just bad. It's bad all around. It's bad optics. Uh, a lot of the race, once we got back from the from the uh, red flag, the rain delay, was a lot of single file running against the wall. And a lot of people after the race said, you know, and I think everybody kind of knew what the deal was there. And Harvick and I think Chase Elliott both alluded to it. They're just, with the lack of cars out there, there wasn't enough energy to really make runs, especially down on the bottom, uh, because you didn't have a lot of cars that would go with you. I mean, there were 17 competitive cars there at the end of the race um, that were running around. And I don't even know of that... I say 17, there were a whopping 11 cars on the lead lap. So, and I, that's kind of a misnomer. There's 17 cars on the lead lap uh, there at the end. So, uh, it just, you know, is what it is. And it's hard to get any sort of momentum going when nobody wants to go down. And, you know, we lost a lot of good cars in that wreck. A lot of people that would be able to help runs get going. No, nothing against the Spire cars or even Chastain. They just didn't seem to have the same, like, oomph to get going like some of the other guys did uh, and then a lot of guys just didn't want to lose position which again I don't understand necessarily because if this is really the crown jewel the biggest race of them all the great American race as they love to call it you would think people would want to make moves early to try to win this race and people seem to be very content to just finish ninth and that's perplexing to me and Denny said that after the race he said I don't know if it's just me but I'm not I'm not happy with running six and he's right, like, you should not be happy running six, especially in the first race of the year, which is also the biggest race of the year. Uh, it just, the trophy means more than what the points are that you get out of this. Because for a lot of these guys, they're banking on winning this year anyways. You know, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, those guys know they're going to win at some point this year. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, they all know they're going to win at some point this year. So to just sit around and ride for a good points day, that doesn't make any sense. Like for a Corey LaJoy, that makes sense. But Corey LaJoy is another one of those guys in that seven Spire car that he should have been super aggressive because he's not going to get that many chances to win. But a good points day is good for him. So as a guy that's probably going to have to point his way in because he's not going to win a race. So I guess if you think that you can't win, then, you know, maybe you ride around and get the points like that. But at the same time, like, it's just not conducive for a good show. And after all, NASCAR is an entertainment product more than it is a sport at this point. So, entertainment-wise, it was a very boring 185 laps after that caution. Granted, you know, the caution for when we came back finally was—I don't even—I don't even know what went 15 to 29. So we finally restarted on lap 30, and then uh, we had the the Quinn Huff 
uh, Chase Briscoe incident, which was that's not even I you know as much as I want to shit on Quinn Huff just because he's not good at driving a race car, it wasn't his fault. The twenty four lost a lot of pieces. Uh, to hear Quinn Huff though call the twenty four shit box was humorous to say the least. But you know, it, it, it's just things like that. And then we ran a completely caution free third stage until the last lap when you know that gigantic accident happened for the most part though like this was a very different different daytona 500 in the sense that like all the cars got wrecked out at the very beginning so you lose a lot of good competitive cars early and that leaves you with not a ton of of people left i'm just looking at the caution breakdown here jamie mcmurray was involved in two incidents still finished seventh uh so a huge no, eighth. Uh, huge day for those guys. Uh, his splitter was pushed up. It could not have been handling well. Definitely could not have led. It was great at following. Uh, and then, obviously, we have the finish, which is, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's sort of what Super Speedway Racing has become recently, especially with this massive, quote, big-ass spoiler on the back. Uh, it, it just, you get these massive runs, uh, and you don't have anywhere to go, and people are blocking you, and you're just getting shoved from behind. And that's essentially what happened on the last lap there. McDowell... So Brad laid back to get a big push from McDowell. McDowell gave him that big push, and as they're going down the backstretch into turn three, uh, Brad dives to the inside because he's got this huge run on Logano, who's the leader. Brad dives to the inside. Logano goes to counter, and as that happens, they make contact, and the 34 has already, you know push the two into what's happening there and there's just nothing either any of those three parties could do all three came together at once it was just unfortunate timing but that's what happened they just all came together at once i'm not going to blame anybody like it's not mcdowell it's not logano logano's doing as much as logano blocks it's the last lap of the daytona 500 he's doing what he has to do his reaction though was just a half a second too late uh, if he made that move a half a second earlier i don't think this happens i think he gets hit square by brad and God only knows what happens to the outside uh, of them, where if there's another line, Austin Dillon, the Chase Elliott group, uh, that got a huge run there too, where they end up at. So it is what it is, as much as I hate that saying. It just, this is what NASCAR has, this is the the bind they put these drivers in, is they give them this huge spoiler to create these massive runs to to promote passing and i'm not upset about the promoting passing part because god knows like after 2017 some of those races we fucking needed passing but you know it's hard when you're watching this and you're like i know what's going to happen here and that seems to be the common trend now recently it's just been sort of dump the leader at 195 on the last lap and it's not so much dumping as it is just like we have these huge runs and like people try to throw blocks and it just doesn't work out like uh, you get ran over essentially so bummer to kind of see it all end like that because it was a huge wreck brad took a huge hit uh just into the wall in general and then got annihilated by the 18 car of kyle bush who got slammed by the 33 and it was nothing to do with either of those guys it's like kyle had no option but to hit brad at 190 mile an hour like there was just not any chance that he had he went high when he saw them wrecking Brad came back up the track, and buddy, did Kyle hit him hard. And same with the 33 of Cindric. He waylaid the 18 because, again, he just had nowhere to go. And you can get on the brakes as much as you want 
at a super speedway, they're just not slowing you down fast enough um, at, from 190, 95 mile an hour, somewhere in that range. Uh, earlier in the race, in that big wreck that happened on lap 15, you could visibly see on the onboard shot, Jay McMurray pushing the brake down. Like you could see his whole body like putting pressure onto the brake, and he just wasn't slowing down. At least not in a manner that would keep him out of you know getting into this wreck. So that's just a product of super speedway racing, unfortunately. And there's a massive fireball that went along with that wreck, and I think that's why NASCAR threw the caution. The slams were hard. The fire was scary. Austin Cendrick afterwards said, "Update fire still hot." Um, fire's never something that you want to play with. Clearly, uh, ask Roman Grosjean. Even though some people say he's not tough, um, but not a crotchety old man here. I'm going to say it's pretty fucking tough, dude. You climb out of a fiery race car and you see fire again in a stock car, which isn't as easy to climb out of as an open wheel car, and it's a little bit more concerning. Um, you know, not that fire you know you guys know what the fuck i mean so it it sucks that it ended that way uh brad trying to win his first daytona 500 he's got every other crown jewel uh, still can't get this one done which is a bummer for him but uh you know he'll be back next year he got out of the car tossed his gloves into the window and then just roger clemens his helmet right into the side uh, of that two car and i get his frustration like i don't know if he's mad if he was mad at the moves mad at the style of racing, mad that he didn't win the 500, all of the above. Uh, but it's got to be frustrating when you try that. Kyle Busch, another guy, this is his 16th Daytona 500, still 0 for 16. And, you know, he's a young guy still for the most part. Like, he's got more years left in him. 16 tries, though. Like, at some point, you got to wonder, like, am I ever going to get this done? And, uh, you know, Kyle's not known for being a super speedway racer. He's got a Talladega win. I believe he's got a summer Daytona win. Uh, so, you know, he can do it, but he's not like Denny Hamlin, who came up short of winning his third 500 in a row. Uh, the 11 car came home fifth on Sunday night, 98 laps led out of 200, absolutely dominated the race. And I think a lot of it was Denny's car was super good, but at the same time, like there was just not a lot of people that were willing to make moves. So just ride behind Denny until the final, you know, bit, and then, uh, you know, try to make it work from there. But Denny and the Toyotas kind of screwed themselves just by there only being five Toyotas when they pitted together. They came out pretty spread apart, Denny, Kyle, and uh, Bubba Wallace, which killed any sort of drafting that they would be able to do. So when the pack caught them, uh, Kyle went low, Denny went high, which split up the pack, which super smart move by Denny. He was able to sort of salvage that and then uh, come some fifth. Good run for him. Uh, which I don't think a lot of people are upset to not see a three-peat. Like, it would have kind of been cool, but at the same time, like, it's nice to see other people win. Uh, who would have thought Michael McDowell would have won? I don't know, but, you know, it is what it is. The uh, other big stories just to come out of Sunday, Bubba Wallace, super fast. Excuse me, that 23 car, once again, had tons of speed. Not I shouldn't say once again. He looked uh, really competitive in his duel. That's where my once again is coming from. Uh, had tons of speed in it. Car looked unstable. It looked uh, not fun to drive, but man, it was fast. I'll give him that. So he unfortunately went a lap down. They had a loose wheel, got caught up in that big wreck there at the end, finished 17th, which really isn't indicative of how good that car uh, was. Became the first African-American driver to lead the Daytona 500, though, so that was cool. And then um, Austin Cendrick ran a really good race in that 33 car. He obviously moves into the Wood Brothers 21 next season full-time, so they can at least um, be happy with what they saw out of him 
Kyle Larson has returned to NASCAR um, for the first time in nearly a year. He uh, comes home 10th, was running 4th there at the time of the caution, but hit the wall, spun out, didn't maintain uh, pace car speed, and uh, came home 10th, which is a solid run for him under, you know, low-key weekend under the radar for the most part, other than that Fox uh, pre-race interview, which was, you know, it was what it was. Uh, I think there are better people to interview than Samuel Acho for that spot. Um, but whatever, that's Fox. That's sort of what they're going to do. Um, I just didn't like either party in that conversation. Kyle gave not great answers. Samuel was annoying at best. And like Michael Strahan or somebody else could have been a better interview. It was like a really combative interview. And not that Kyle Larson deserves softball questions it just didn't feel like the fox pre-race show was the place to do that and also like larson's already faced these tough questions like in other interviews so i didn't understand what the point of that necessarily was and again i'm not sticking up for larson i'm just questioning the direction of the pre-race show and sort of what was happening with with that but you know whatever not my thing um you know, if other people think that what Larson's done is good enough, then I'm fine with that. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter um, what I have to say on that. Corey LaJoy, top 10 in his first race. Aspire, good for them. Aspire, double top 10. Ross Chastain, seventh. Ryan Priest, who locked himself in on speed, won that modified race at New Smyrna on Wednesday night, goes into the uh, 500. Looked really competitive, really strong early, and then finished the sixth. So they might not have a charter, but... They've got speed right now, at least on the on the uh, Super Speedway track. So good for him. Chase Briscoe's debut in the 14 car comes home 19th. Unfortunately, got caught up in that double zero incident and um, blew a tire, tore the right front fender to shreds. Uh, so big bummer for him. Other than that, like it was unfortunately a Daytona 500 that I think will be easy to forget just because all the cars got taken out with 185 laps to go. And that's not not good. And then we sat around for five hours to watch a single file, hundred and you know seventy lap race. So that was a bummer. Derek Hope obviously is, didn't make any friends this week with his uh, quote last week. I should say of you know if I'm on the lead lap of twenty to go, those those boys better watch out. He goes out in his duel and became a movie chicane, and I'm pretty sure he's the reason why Truex lost that uh, duel number two just so slow in the way on the start of the race he blocked the 24 car when the 24 went to go around him byron kind of scraped the wall there and then he was blocking other people blows a tire or whatever he did on like lap nine no lap three my bad oh yeah yeah because people laugh that on the 20th anniversary of dale earnhardt's passing Derek cope who stole the 1990 daytona 500 from dale because they had a flat tire Derek goes in wins the race on yeah yeah or not Winston, Winston Race in 90, blows a tire this year on lap three on the 20th anniversary and his final ride. So uh, I'm glad that he won't be in the car anymore this year. Unfortunately, those Rick Ware cars will still be out there, and that is just not good for anybody. But we move on to the Daytona road course this week. There is zero rain in the forecast, which is welcome news for everybody uh, because... Well, I guess it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Take it back. I'm going to roll that back. I wasn't thinking. I was too busy reading. 
We want the rain to come this weekend. Watching the cup cars or any NASCAR in the rain is always entertaining because they're just there are people that are very bad at it. We couldn't have swapped the weekends around though. Give us a sunny Daytona 500. Give us a rainy road course. No, can never, never work out that way. There might be some rain on the uh, truck race Friday night, which would be pretty interesting to say the least. Uh, especially because it's going to be a night race on the Daytona road course as well. Um, that one should be interesting just because it's trucks on road course. It's always interesting. So the Xfinity, what's <laughs> the Xfinity race this year? Like every year, it seems to be like at Daytona had another stupid ass name. It's the beef. It's what's for dinner. 300, the B I W F D 300. Uh, Austin Cindric won the race. Pretty uneventful end to that race. It was abysmal, I guess is probably the best word for it. Um, a lot of just really dumb moves. A lot of guys that just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And I don't understand that because you have really good... I shouldn't say really good, but you have guys up there that understand how this racing works. I mean, you have Jeb Burton, AJ Allmendinger. Harrison Burton should know by now. Brett Moffitt should know by now. And none of them could figure it out. Like, none of them could get it going um, there at the end. And granted, a lot of good cars got taken out. All the JRM cars uh, got taken out early. And then, you know, fuck, there was a lot of wrecks in this race as well. But Ty Dillon triggered the big wreck, uh, which was unfortunate because he made his first start. First of four starts in the 54 car this year. Uh, for Joe Gibbs Racing. Looked really good. Uh, seemed to be primed to be there right at the end. And I really thought he was going to be until that happened. And he took out a sh shit ton of cars with him. Took out Justin Haley. Haley was going for his fourth Super Speedway win in a row. That didn't happen, obviously. Um, and for the most part, like all those Chevys kind of just got taken out. There, Austin Cendrick. Gets the win, 28 laps led out of uh, 122. Brett Moffitt for R Motorsports comes home second. Good, good result for those guys. I really thought he was going to win it um, there for a little bit. Didn't happen. And then you had Harrison Burton comes home third. Jeb Burton fourth, and AJ Allmendinger rounding out your top five. Allmendinger is running a for the full season this year in Xfinity. Uh, so good points day for for all those guys. Nice to see all the regulars up there uh, scoring points. Brad Moffitt has his points for the truck series, which I thought was weird because I thought the R Motorsport deal was supposed to be his primary deal for this year, but it is what it is. I'm whatever. More competitive trucks is never a bad thing either. And then you had uh, Jason White rounding out your top 10, driving the 23 car for uh, the, the Seeds. Good run for him. Uh, Canada's. No, 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 not Canada's Jason White. Canada's Jason White was in the truck series race. Two Jason Whites down there on the same weekend. Very. Very confusing. Joe Graff Jr. somehow f managed to find his way home to 11th, which, a bit surprising, strikes me as a fellow that couldn't find his way out of a cul-de-sac if he got into one. So the fact that he was able to find the start-finish line is remarkable in a sense without crashing into anything. Bobby Dodder's number 07. Kyle Weatherman comes home 15th for Mike Harmon. Uh, another good run for... For those guys, guys like that just need to capitalize on races like this. Uh, Riley Herbst, and what I can only assume will be the first of many expensive weekends for that 98 SHR Xfinity team. 
comes home 26 with another crashed race car and uh yeah it just wasn't the most exciting xfinity race i've ever seen but uh i don't know xfinity at daytona is always kind of fickle like it's either super good or it's just bad and mediocre and i don't think this race was bad by any stretch of the imagination not certainly not uh 2019 bad where everybody just drove single file the entire race on michael and at one that was a bad race this one was just like mediocre it was like a 70 percent like yeah it's a c it wasn't the most captivating thing in the world also it wasn't the worst thing in the world so solid c to c plus well that'd be like a 75 to a 78 yeah that sounds better than a 70 and then we had the truck series race on Friday night. No, fuck you, fuck you. Hang on, hang on. All right, truck series race on Friday night. Ben Rhodes won. Didn't complain, didn't throw anybody under the bus. Um, didn't try to wreck anyone, which is different for Ben Rhodes. It was uh, different to see. So he gets the victory uh, in Thor Sports first race back with Toyota again. After they were with Ford for the last couple of seasons, had very mediocre results at best with Ford, and uh, he's now back with the Toyota camp. They're back to winning races, apparently, because that's just what they went out and did. Uh, Ford is now left with DGR not without Crosley, no longer DGR Crosley, now just David Gillen racing with uh, Tanner and Taylor Gray's grandpa footing the bill for everything, and uh, whatever money Haley Deegan's bringing in as well so whatever i really thought cory roper was going to win that race on friday night that 04 truck uh he always shows up here at these super speedway races he was leading the entire last lap until out of turn four and then he loses it uh to ben rhodes which was such a bummer because cory roper winning would have been sick it would have been a lot like uh tim king if anybody remembers that name uh from a couple years ago was it Tim King? No, John King. Yeah, John King. Fort Blackmore, Virginia. I don't know where that's at. But 2012, he came out, won the Daytona race. Nobody even knew who the hell this guy was. Nobody knows who the hell he is anymore. And um, won the Daytona race and went right back into uh, anonymity. And that's maybe what would happen with Corey Roper, but goddamn it, it would have been fun to watch. Jordan Anderson comes home second, his, I believe, second year in a row that he's finished second at the uh, Daytona Truck Race. Uh, Ryan Truex, not junior, comes home fourth. Carson Hosevar in fifth, kind of didn't wreck it, so that's a plus for um, those Nice boys in that 42 truck. Sean Creed, sixth. John Hunter Nemechek in his first race with KBM, seventh. He had a decent amount of damage. Cody Robar, uh, Robaugh in eighth, Chandler Smith in that 18 car in ninth, and Drew Dollar in tenth, driving the 51 truck for KBM. Yeah, David Gillen, seven, 14th, and then Haley Deegan came home 24th. Got TJ Majors a spotter, which I thought was kind of interesting. I, I can only assume that they dropped the bag on TJ's desk, and I don't ever fault TJ or anybody for, for taking money. Um, you know, put his kids through college with a year, I can assume, Haley Deegan, because the Grays have unlimited money. But, um, she 
pretty much, I mean, she didn't wreck herself. She kind of just got ran over when NASCAR put down Speedy Dry all down the backstretch and then proceeded to not blow off or sweep or try to do anything with it, just sent the cars down there. And they honestly looked like they were running Baja. It was insane. There was so much dust. It looked like a Mad Max movie. You couldn't see anything. The leaders were fine. Everybody else behind them just had white windshields, just covered in dust. And uh, the three-truck checked up just a little bit from what uh, TJ Major said. And then uh, Haley went to turn to avoid him, spun out. And uh, just lack of experience is really what that comes down to, especially in these trucks. And then she spun and hit the inside wall, which, again, I think she could have probably saved her from hitting the inside wall if she had a little bit more experience. But it is what it is. We'll see what she does the rest of the year. Um, her best run in ARCA last year definitely came at Talladega as well. And then the rest of the season was rather mediocre for her equipment level. Um, again, she has very good equipment again this year. We'll see what sort of results she can get. Road course should be interesting this weekend, Friday night, again, um, to see what she does. But I think overall, solid weekend uh, to open the season. Uh, not the best weekend by any means not the worst weekend by any means it was just uh it was there (laughs) we you know we went to daytona i'm happy racing's back the clash was good the um the clash was really good the duels were super good as well and uh yeah i just don't have anything bad to say i really like the new setup the clash on tuesday night was nice i wish there was a little bit more promo around it because I have, in our group chat, we even had a a guy who was like, oh shit, I didn't even know it was on, and like, big race guy, so I don't know what we need to do to make sure everybody knows that's on Tuesday night. I would love to just see a 20-lap shootout on the Oval, as much as fun as the road course sort of was, it just felt awkward. It's not like, that's not what a sort of quote-unquote all-star event should be, I don't think. It kind of got spread out. I will say, I really liked what we saw with the low, the small spoiler, the low downforce package with the high horsepower, tires that wear. We saw the 19 car make a mistake by himself. We haven't seen that in forever. He took himself out of the race. Um, and that's not a knock on Martin. Like, I I think the race probably would have been better if Martin would have survived, you know, his spin in the bus stop. But we don't see that happen very often anymore. So to see a guy make a mistake and lose it, that means these cars are hard to drive. And that means there's not a ton of downforce on them. And that's what this... That's what we need right now. So I am excited for this weekend for that reason. The Wednesday night Daytona 500 pole qualifying, I was totally fine with that. I think that worked out really, really well as well. I would love to see a change made to Daytona 500 qualifying um, where we don't fall back on time. Whoever finishes highest in the duels, they're the ones that are racing. We don't have to do this stupid bullshit like we had to do in the first duel and that kept Ty Dillon out. And... Um, I would love to see a performance clause put into the charter as well uh, because you cannot cannot be 12 mile an hour off in qualifying at a super speedway track. It's just, you can't do it. That's dangerous. Uh, Thursday night duels, obviously, moving the duels to the nighttime has been one of the best moves NASCAR's made in a long time. Uh, that way, everybody can watch it. Don't know what took that so long. And then, obviously, truck race Friday night, Xfinity and ARCA on Saturday, and then cup race on Sunday. All that worked out super well for the compact week obviously we're there for another week again coming up and then after that we stay in florida we're just never leaving florida the nascar has taken up residency in florida and they'll be down at homestead the week after that and then finally headed out west to las vegas i believe and uh we'll go on from from there but 
yeah, racing's back. Can't complain. Super excited to have everything back. Formula One comes back uh, next month, and IndyCar comes back mm, the month after that. So it's uh, it's all good. Happy to be back. Follow us on uh, Twitter at BreakHard underscore. Um, that's where you can follow all of my rambling thoughts on racing. Follow Zach as Zach Miles too. Obviously, um, he's still part of the show, whether he knows it or not. We're gonna force him to be here, and then uh, follow us. Well, catch us on iRacing. Follow Zach's Twitch stream uh, when he has it up. We're doing a three-hour race on Saturday. That's gonna be an absolute shit show, but excited to see it and uh yeah i mean we'll probably be back at least i'll be back to recap what happens this weekend on the road course uh maybe we'll try to get zach or mike um or an, or another guest to slide in and see uh what's going on in their brain and what they have to, to say about everything but uh for now see you guys next week and uh yeah like and subscribe